Test, 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 test. One, two. Nothing yet? Nothing yet? Nothing yet. There we go. We got something now. All right. Good to see everybody today. Uh, uh, healthy 4th of July or 5th of July today. Anyway, I know a lot of folks are traveling and a lot of folks on vacation, but I'm glad you're here today. How many of you come expecting uh, something from God today? I hope you did. Listen, it doesn't matter if we're, we're a complete full house or if it's just three of us, I'm telling you, when we open God's Word, we come expecting something from God. I believe we'll get something from God. And so let's just, let's just go with that expectation today. And we're going to, of course, celebrate this country a little bit today and Probably a little more political message than I normally preach, and but it's not because it's because I want to get into politics. It's because it's straight out of the Bible today, and so uh, and I and I and I just want to encourage you. There's hope, Amen, and uh, there is a cure for our country's woes, and we're going to see that today. I believe, Father, I just want to thank you today, Lord, for the privilege of once again assembling here today. Thank you for this great country, Lord, uh, that we live in, where we have the freedom to come and worship you, Lord, to worship you in truth and in spirit. And I pray today. Lord, that you just uh, bless, oversee everything that happens in this service. I pray that you get glory from it all, Lord. You'd be glorified. I pray for the, the singing now, Lord, that you'd, uh, that we'd all just lift our voices in unison uh, to praise our holy God. And then, Lord, uh, a little later as we open up the Word of God, I pray that you'd bless the teaching and the preaching. Lord, I pray that you'd challenge us today, Lord, uh, from the Word of God individually and then uh, as, a, as a church and then then, of course, Lord, as a community and a, and a country. I pray that, Lord, we leave this place challenged to, to live for you with more fervency than when we came in. Lord, if there would be one here who knows you not as Lord and Savior, I pray today is the day of salvation for them. I pray today they would turn and put their trust in the fact that you love them, that you died for them, and you rose again for them, and you would save them if they would trust in you. Bless our services now. May Jesus be glorified in Christ's name. Amen. Glad to see everyone here. Who's glad to live in the United States of America? America. Can y'all say that real quick? America. All right. Everybody, please stand. We're going to sing America the Beautiful.
reading these things as we as we get into this year. But uh, look with me if you got your bulletins. Look real quick next Sunday. Uh, I moved this a little bit because uh, folks aren't, haven't been able to get back. But next Sunday, if you know somebody's graduated, we're going to recognize the graduates. So so come on out, and you can look ahead. Ladies' prayer advance, ladies' retreat at Clater Lake, a churchwide, hey, let's go to the races. Uh, and we might even move that because I understand that Withville now opened up, and uh, that's a little bit closer. And uh, we might go watch the – it don't matter. As long as they got loud motors and dirt flying, it's a good It's a good night. Amen. So, so we'll, we'll talk more about that. But put the date down, August first if you want to go with us there let me give you real one real quick thing one real quick prayer request i want you to be praying about uh today is is our i found out thank the lord hey the wilds camp has opened up and uh and so the our teens are still going to go to camp this summer isn't that pretty cool? And I didn't think they were going to be able to go. And and uh, but praise the Lord, they've opened back up. My my friend Dave Young was just there the other week, and he was talking about how uh, how wonderful it was. And so here's your, an opportunity because of everything that's happened this year with COVID and the, you know the the mess. The, the teens usually work hard and pretty well, raise all their own money. They haven't had the opportunity to do that this year. And so so here's what I'm asking you to do. I want you to pray about this. Would you consider? Uh, donating and sponsoring some some teens to go to camp and uh, would you consider donating towards that and that we would appreciate that if you would and so uh, you pray about that and we'll, maybe what we'll do is I'll announce it today and maybe next week we'll go ahead and take up a special offering for them and, and that's not too late is it? We still good there? July 27th when we're rolling. Okay, so so be praying about that. And if you're willing to give to that and the Lord leads you to do that, hey, uh, be prepared. We'll take a special offering next week. If you're ready today, hey, put it in an envelope. And when you turn it in, you can just write on under where it says other on that envelope. Say other for youth camp. And you can go ahead and do that today. But but just give you an opportunity to do that and give. Yes, ma'am. I don't know. Mr. Dwight. $350 per teen. And uh, and. Yeah, most have the deposits in and, and so forth. We're needing about 290 kids, and how many kids you got on the schedule? I know that varies at times, but three that you need full coverage for, and then, then any more. You got travel, you got a lot of other things. So, so anyway, how about this? You, you, you give towards it. We need plenty. I guess is the answer. <laughs> how about that? We need plenty, and uh, and uh, if you you can't outgive them. I promise you that, and uh, and we'll use it for other team things if we would happen to have more given in. And um, so so thankful for your faithful giving all the time uh, towards these needs. And and listen, team camps is one of those things you, you'll hear uh, many times when they come back to testimonies. That is, uh, anybody that's been to one can tell you there's probably a testimony of a moment where God really worked in somebody's lives, changed lives. At, at teen camp so i invite you to be praying about that and be a part of helping change a life and uh, so so i believe where we up next the specials next all right so we i think we have miss lynn and miss ann coming to sing for us and so they'll come up and sing to our hearts and then we'll have a, a prayer time and we'll be ready to go all right
I want to just take one second here and uh, before we go on. And here's our special prayer request. Have just a moment of prayer today, and uh, you pray there in your seats. And we kind of get in our worshipful mood, get ready for the the Word of God to be taught and preached, and uh, get us a place. But you know, we every week we kind of pray for something pretty special and uh, pretty unique that's in our lives. And today, I just want to focus this July Fourth weekend. I want to focus on praying for our country. How many of you think our country needs prayer? It certainly does. And uh, and, uh, and you know, by the way, this is all doom and gloom. We still live in the greatest country in the world, even with all its problems. But but we need prayer. We need prayer today. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do: just for a, take a moment or two for a minute, and just just lift up our country, lift up our leadership, lift up uh, even even the ones you don't like. We're supposed to pray for the for our enemies as well, and pray for our leaders. That's that's biblical. Let's make sure we're doing that, and let's just lift up our country. Let's lift up. At the end of the day, we have a heart problem, and lift up uh, our individual country members' hearts, and let's ask for the Lord to get a hold of them today. I believe is the greatest country on the face of the earth, and it's great because of you, because you've blessed us. We'll see that in just a few moments. But, but Lord, we've needed you the whole time. We certainly needed you at the start, but, Lord, right now I think our country needs you as much as we've ever needed you before. Lord, we're, we're in disarray. We're, uh, many have been given, I believe, as we'll see today, over to a reprobate mind, and many are on their way there. But, Lord, it's not too late. And, uh, you're a God that can, uh, uh, a God that can change things. You're a God that can over, overwhelm things. You're a God that, Lord, when we put our, turn our hearts back to you, promised you would heal our land, Lord. You promised, Lord, that you could, uh, uh, you could restore us back unto you. And Lord, I believe when we turn back to you, there's there's blessings waiting for this great country again. And, and Lord, I pray that we would see that that what our ultimate issue is. And I pray that you'd reveal that to us today. Lord, I love this country. I, I'd like to see it come back to you. And Lord, it's going to have to start, though, with us. Starts with us in the church house. Starts with me, Lord. And I pray right here, right here in my heart today, you'd start uh, to reveal to me anything, Lord, that I'm a part of this. If I've started this downward progression, Lord, in my own life, that we see in the lives of so many, Lord, on our television screens every night, Lord, that I would turn today. That I'd get me right. Because, Lord, if I get me right, then. I, then, Lord, if each of us get us right, then, Lord, we can change this culture. But it all starts with me. Start with me today, Lord. Reveal to me as we lift up our country. Thank you for our leaders. Give them wisdom, Lord, to follow your word, to follow your principles, and, Lord, to lead our country back to where it should be. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As, the, as was just sung about in the special, uh, we are indeed blessed to be Americans with all the freedoms and opportunities that entail that. But the greatest blessing is that we who have called on the name of the Lord can be called the sons and the children of God. We don't get this status by being American or by following a specific set of rules. This is gained by simply believing 
on Jesus Christ. Our hope cannot be in America, in material things. It can't be in any of our closest friends. Our hope must be built on Jesus Christ plus nothing. So please join as we sing Cornerstone. Is he Lord of all? As we get ready for the preaching, just sing the chorus a cappella of Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strange. 
in the light of His glory and grace. Thank you for singing. Amen. Good singing today. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to two places. We're going to start in Psalm chapter 33, but also to Romans chapter 1, both places we're going to be in today and and uh, excited about being in the house of God. Anytime you can open up the Word of God and maybe learn something, that's a good thing, and I'm looking forward to that today with you. Uh, two places again, Psalm chapter 33 and verse number 12 is where we'll our kickoff verse to get started with, and then uh, and we'll spend some time uh, over as well in uh, the book of Romans today, quite a bit of time actually over in the book of Romans today, so get my all my electronic stuff riled up here, and it always wants to be a, a pain when it comes to this. Flip, 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 don't flip, all right, well I guess I'm going to do you that way, how about that, <laughs> and uh, before we even get started this morning, while you're flipping there, I, I want to reiterate something I've already said once today. I still believe we live in the greatest country of the world. If you agree with that, would you say amen this morning? Now, uh, listen, I still believe we we should stand and give and pledge allegiance to that flag. Now, we pledge allegiance to Christ first, but also to that flag and those who've who've made this possible. Without without apology, I stand in front of you this morning. Listen, I'm not ashamed to stand at attention when old glory comes by. I'm not ashamed to sing the Star Spangled Banner. You won't catch me kneeling when it comes out. I'm going to stand with my hand on my heart. Hey, I even do that at home sometimes. And uh, listen, I, li- I love old glory. I love this country. And listen, and I, and I love the Star Spangled I'm talking about the old Star Spangled Banner too, in case you're keeping up with the news. Not not some new one they just wrote. I'm talking about the old one. And, and uh, America is a great nation. Do we have problems? Absolutely. We're going to look at some of those today. But but listen, I want to tell you at the end of the day, America is the great nation. It's the greatest on earth. And, and But it's not great because we have lots of natural resources. It's not great this morning. Listen, I want you to understand because we're smarter or stronger or have a greater military than others in the world. No, America is great because of one thing and one thing only. And that's because it was founded on the principles and the precepts of the word of the living God. I want to tell you today, listen, they're trying to change history. If you got grandchildren or you got great grandchildren coming, I'm telling you, it won't be long. History's going to be changed. They're trying to rewrite it and, and tell us how, how bad we had started out and how bad America's always been. Don't you let them fall for it. Listen, we're the greatest country. We've helped more countries than any other country in this world. Do we have problems? Absolutely. Are we maybe at the worst part of our entire existence? I believe maybe we are, but we're still the greatest one country in the face of the earth. So today what I want to do is I want to look at America today. America today. And for a while I'm going to paint a, a little bit of a grim picture, and or at least in the middle of a message, but, but I want to tell you all the way through the grim picture. That no good day I'm getting either fat or arms are muscular. I don't know what's going on, but... I think that thing must have shrunk in the dryer. That's what happened. <laughs> but I want to tell you, listen, even through it all, even through some of the tougher parts we're going to talk about today, <laughs> i got a God in heaven that can restore. How many of you believe God can bring revival? How many of you believe God can turn it around? Listen, but he's not going to do it till his people turn around. And so today, with God's help, I want to preach on what's simply called America today. Psalm 33, verse 12, are you there? If you're there, say amen, so I know you're there. And I don't know where my little clicker is, but we might want that. All right, there we go. Not real 
not keeping it together this morning. Here's what I want to look at first. I want to look at America's start. Read with me this verse as we get kick-started into the Word of God this morning. How did America start off? Contrary, again, to the history we see uh, trying to be revised today, America started off blessed because it was blessed by God. Psalm 33, verse 12 says this, Blessed is the nations whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His inheritance. Can I tell you, no nation in the history of the world has ever had such a Christian beginning as the way America started. The American dream, listen, as we talk about a lot in this world, was it was really placed in the bosom, if you would, of our, our founding fathers. and by It was placed there, I believe, by God Almighty Himself. When you go back to the original colonies and how they were formed, I can show you beyond any contradiction whatsoever, those original colonies were founded because because they had faith in a in a triune God. They had faith in Jehovah God. They had Christian faith. The, the pilgrims, when they landed in 1620, came seeking that one thing more than anything else, religious liberty. They were under a government that told you who you had to worship and when you had to worship, and by the way, how you had to worship. Hello, welcome to America today. Do you know California this morning, they're told they can't even sing in their churches this morning. Do you all know that? Thank God, Paul Chapel said, "Now we're singing. Come rest us all, Amen." Hey, they're going to they're going to sing. Pray. Listen, when they get into telling you how you're going to worship, I understand when stuff comes along and we need to protect our citizens. And we've been we've been great citizens, the best we could be. When they told us we couldn't come inside, we didn't come inside. We tried to be a great citizen. But when they start telling me how I'm going to worship, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell them, "Here's one for you, buddy." <laughs> and that's where they are, Cali. That's where it is in California. Don't think it won't come here. I'm getting off message already. Hey, I'm telling you, because we were founded, we came seeking religious liberty, and we're starting to lose it. The Mayfire Compact, they wrote, they, they huddled together beneath the decks of a little ship, and they said, in the name, that begins with this, in the name of God, amen. That's what the Mayfire Compact says. It sets his first words of it. They stated their purpose. They said, for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith. That's why they came to America. You won't read it in today's history books. You won't read it today, but that you read what it said, what the people who came actually said, and that's why they came. And Now we're being taught that, that again, all kinds of untruths about the founding of America, but bullet down. Here's what I want to promise you. It was founded on the, 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 the foundation and the principles of the word of the living God. That's what our country is founded on. Let me let me read to you a little bit about uh, uh, what one man said. Roger Batson, he was a, an early economist in America, and he was talking to the South American president one day. And they were discussing the difference between North America and South America and why North America seemed to have prospered and grown and blossomed as she has. And then Roger Batson asked the South American president, why? What's the difference? Here's what the South American president said. He said, he said one, of the, one of them. He said, the difference lies in the fact that those who came to our shores came to our shores in South America seeking gold. But those who came to your shores in North America came seeking God. And that's why our country got started. Hey, our forefathers and the, the Declaration of Independence and what we celebrated yesterday and last night, hey, it says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their Creator. They believed in a Creator God with certain unalienable rights. And they understood something we've forgotten today. Listen, those rights aren't given to us by government. Somebody say amen on that. 
Those rights are given to us by an almighty God. And we need to get back to putting God first. And you want to know why we're blessed? Why we're the greatest country on the face of the earth? It's because we start it right. America, God, start it right. Listen, the government's role, yeah, I don't have time to explain all that, but go read Romans chapter 13. The government's role is protect us from evil purpose. That's it. Not to provide for you. Not to put, not to, so you don't have to ever work. The government's role is protect you from evil. You want to see how divert, how, how perverse our country's gone? Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to take away the one role that God ordained government to do. Defund the police. What's the one role he gave government in the scriptures? I'm not talking about your opinion. I'm not talking about what some man wrote on people. I'm talking about what God wrote was to protect us from evil people. Now we want to defund the very thing God ordained, the only thing God ordained government to do. You see where we're gone? I'm getting way ahead of myself. But we started right. I'm still supposed to be on the start. Amen. <laughs> but we started right. And it is clear our forefathers, by the way, didn't believe in evolution either. Hey, they said there was a creator God. Amen. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their creator, they said. They said we're not even going to argue about it. It's self-evident, they said in their statement. Self-evident. Hey, you want to know they, they understood the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the ferment showeth his handiwork. And I tell you, all you got to do is look up at the sky. If you don't know there's a God, listen, uh, you know there is. Every person ever lived knows there is in their heart. They're seeking one. They're just not seeking the right one. That's the problem. Romans chapter 1 tells us because uh, that which may be known of God is manifest, has been revealed to them and in them. For God has showed them the invisible things of the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they're without excuse. Listen, this world is without excuse today. They know, they look at the creation, and they know there's a God. By the way, they're seeking God. They're just not seeking, again, the right one. And so the Declaration of Independence, let me tell you what it was as we celebrated that last night. It was simply this. It wasn't just independence from England. This is very important. You go read that stat. You go read what those forefathers wrote. It wasn't just in- that we're declaring independence from England. You read those writings, here's what you're going to find. They were declaring dependence upon God. Independence from England. Dependence upon God. No wonder we got started right. No wonder we're the most blessed country in the world. Fifty of the 55 men who framed the Constitution of the United States of America were professing Christians. Think about that for a moment. James Madison, who was the architect of the, of the Constitution, the fourth president of the United States, said this, and I'm going to quote him. I want you to listen. We have stacked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government. Did y'all get that? Not upon the power of government. This is where we started. We started good. Y'all with me? Far from it, he says. We have stacked the future upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to sustain ourselves according to the dictates of some local governor who doesn't believe in God. No. Here's what he said. According to the Ten Commandments of God. That's how we got started, friends. That, my friends, is what has made America great through the years. That's why I believe America has been blessed by God through the years. It was because of her start. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. America start. So what happened to us? That's the question. Hey, we got started right. What happened to us? Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. I want you to see a, a, a pattern, if you would. 
And I want you to really tune in during this section. Because I know in a, in a way we get to these things and we preach on, uh, sometimes we, we preach either patriotic messages or messages about a, a whole country. And sometimes we lose fact that, listen, the country doesn't go a direction until groups go a direction. And groups don't go a direction until individuals go a direction. So this all starts with us. And so I want to challenge you today as we, we, we look through the Word of God and we're gonna, we're gonna see America's sin and where we've, where we've gone away from the wonderful start we got. I, I, and we see the, the moral collapse, if you would, of America, this country that was founded on the precepts and the principles of the Word of God. I want, I want to, I, I want to see that, show you that, listen, it, it, listen, it's not just a group. It's not just them. It starts at an individual level. And it might even be you and me to a degree. We not, might not be at the phase we see them on TV, but we may be at phase one or phase two as you see this decline. And if you find yourself there this morning as we go through America's sin, my prayer is today, hey, you'd make that change today. My prayer is today you'd return to God. My prayer is that, hey, you would repent and, and today say, God, you have showed me I can't believe where our country's going. I can't believe what I see on the news every night. I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. Hey, without the grace of God, so goeth us. And they didn't get there overnight. It started at step one, step two. And some of you in this room, maybe even me, who knows. I'm, a, I'm asking God to search my heart this morning. Maybe in step one or step two. I'd never get to step four. Well, if you're on step two, you're halfway there. Are you with me this morning? You say, what's the steps? Let's look at America's sin. Romans chapter 1, read along with me. How did we get to this place? And we got to this place because of individuals that changed. Huh. Don't tune me out again. This could apply to you this morning. I want you to see it. Read when we start in verse 17. The Bible says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. Thus the just shall live by faith, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Here we're getting into where the rubber meets the road. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. Again, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, and even God, his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. How do we get here? He's going to tell us right here. Because that. When they knew God, did our country know God when it started? I just read to you what the founder said. They certainly did. They glorified Him not as God. There came a time when they knew God, they had a relationship with God, uh, but then they quit glorifying Him. Are you with me so far? Neither were they thankful. Quit start being discontent. Quit being grateful for everything God had blessed us with. But became, what's that next word? Vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible men. And to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts. Was it the devil's fault? Where did it say it came from? The lust of their own hearts. 
to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. That's a powerful statement. And worship and serve the creature, or the creation, if you will, more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up after undevile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense, or the payback, of their error, which was meat. And even then, as as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a, what's that next word? Reprobate mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. To do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of murder, or envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, uh, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but then have pleasure in them that do them. What a what a picture. Did I just read the evening news or did I read the word of the living God? Is that not where we are right now? How did we get there? I want you to pay attention to how we got there. This is so important. Because I don't believe there's anybody in this room. Most likely there's nobody watching on live, on live stream right now. Most likely there's nobody in the parking lot right now listening on FM that's at that end stage we talked about. But you might be at this first stage. You might be on your way down. That's how America got there. It didn't get there overnight. It's one step at a time. How did we get there? First one, I want you to see this. is We started by devaluing God. Devaluing God. Look what the Bible says in verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Do you see that? Neither were they thankful. They became vain in their imaginations, the Bible said. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became as Fools. Now, in our context here, Rome is who Paul is writing this to, and and they had some powerful churches. In fact, Paul had written to them back in in chapter one and verse eight. I thank God, my uh, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And he tells them, listen, you, your faith is known throughout the whole world. They knew who God was, but here's what started to happen: as individuals first, and then eventually as a society, they started to devalue. God. They started giving themselves over to vain philosophies. They started giving over to speculations about other little g-gods and things they wanted to worship. Can I tell you, listen, we've already mentioned we were founded on the principles of the Word of God, and that same America that was once considered the greatest Christian nation on the planet, the same America, listen, once believed in and tried to live by what the Word of God said that we were founded on, but something happened. Can I tell you the first step that happened? We started to devalue Value God. And we started it in our individual lives. We've devalued Him. We understand. We've devalued Him in the schools. We've devalued Him in the government. And we can blame all them we want. But let me tell you, it wouldn't have happened there if we didn't start it in our own homes. Can I get an amen? 
It started in our individual lives. We've devalued in every aspect of our lives. It used to be that a, a family would say, God's the most important thing. And, and their family, listen, like getting in church and worshiping God, spending time reading His Word, all those things. And now it's about, hey, we'll fit it in if nothing else better comes up. What have we done? We've devalued Him. Let me ask you a personal question. I'm talking a lot of we's today. But the we's can't do it till the eyes do it. Are you with me? Have you started to devalue him in your life? Have you started to, or have you stopped glorifying him, worshiping him, spending time with him, individually, personally, and then, of course, corporately as well? Well, listen, we can blame the government. We've been doing that for years. That's why we haven't fixed anything, folks. We can blame the schools, and I get the memes, and I see the stuff. Well, we took God. No, we took him out of God, out of school because we'd already taken him out of the homes because we'd already taken him out of our individual lives. We started devaluing God. I've done it. You've done it from time to time. And if you're there right now today, here's what I'm telling you to do. It's time to turn. It's time to repent and get back to how we started. Because the next step gets even worse. You know, your words and your actions show you really what's important to you. What you say and what you talk about reveals really what's going on in your heart. Let me ask you this. How often do you speak about the Lord? How often do you talk about the Lord? How often do you talk about the things of the Lord? Your actions reveal what's important to you. Let me ask you this. How, how often do you spend some time in His Word? How often do you spend time in prayer? If He's important to you, if you're valuing Him, if He's preeminent in your life, guess what? It'll be important to do on a daily basis. When will, if I have a little time, maybe I'll fit it in after I do everything else. You see what started to happen? Here's what we've done. We start to devalue Him. We start to devalue His Word in our life. We start that slope down. He said, I would never loot a city and burn it down. Neither would they have a couple of generations ago. Until God started getting devalued in the individual's lives and homes. Listen, forget all this country's problems has nothing to do with whatever they're talking about it is. It's a heart problem because we've gotten away from God. That's the problem. And it starts right here when we start to devalue Him. What do others hear you talk about? What do others see you do? By the way, people are watching you. And whatever we see and we hear you, we know what's important in your lives. Have you started to devalue God? A country does not devalue God like ours is right now until the individuals first do it. Everybody with me so far? Make sure you're with me. Because after devaluing God, here's the next step, and it gets scarier. We start to distort Him. Look at verse 23 with me. The Bible goes on to say, and changed. That word and's a conjunction, right? Those of you English professors, I ain't one. So, <laughs> And changed means it, it, here, here's the next step. Here's You did all this. You start devaluing him up here. You professed yourself to be wise. You quit following the, the dictates and the principles of Scripture, and you think you're more. Your heart's becoming darkened and all the things he told us before because, listen, you knew him, but then you quit glorifying him, and, and you quit being thankful, and you've devalued him, and... Here's what happens next. Then you change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like into corruptible man, to birds and the four-footed beasts and to creeping things. 
And as you read down through that, listen, I'll tell you, it gets scarier and scarier and scarier. We start to distort God. You change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image. The Gentile Romans in context here, listen, had already begun idol worship. And, and I'll tell you, listen, mankind and man as an individual is instinctively religious. They're going to worship something. Every one of us are going to worship something. When we refuse to worship the living God, when they refused in the context here, they turned to the Bible says, let's look what it says. They made gods of wood and stone and, and representing him and man and birds and animals and creeping things. And notice the downward progression, man, birds, animals, creeping things. That's getting pretty bad when you get to creeping things you're worshiping. And listen, man becomes ultimately like the object that he worships. This meant as our concept of deity and of God degenerates, guess what also goes with it? Our morals and our values and our ability to distinguish right from wrong. And that's where we're heading now. These Roman Gentiles had distorted God. But it's just like reading about America, isn't it? We've distorted God here as well. And not just the lost world's done it. Listen. In our churches today, we've done it. We've distorted His Word, His image. And listen, we see God as the, He's just the big man upstairs. You know what I'm talking about. We like to lower God down to, to our image. And I'll tell you, I want you to get a truth down. Your view of God will affect every single area of your life. Every single area. You cannot, you cannot separate your view of God from any area of your life. When you don't view God right, listen, the rest of your life is going to be a mess. And we become like the nation of, of Israel back in the Bible when they melted down the, the jewelry and made the molten calf and, and they worshiped him and they were trying to fashion him into the image they wanted God to be. And you go read that in Exodus 32 and too many times we, here's what we do today. We, we now treat God like he's our servant. And we want God to bless us. How many want God to bless us? And, and we want God to serve us. And we want God to give us what we want. But we're unwilling to spend any time giving God what He wants. You say, what does God want from us? Well, He wants us to love us with all, love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and body. He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to glorify Him. And so, listen, when it becomes a one-way relationship, when only one gives and we're never giving back the glory He deserves, the worship He deserves, the, the love that He deserves, and let me tell you, we've, we have distorted God and just made Him a little genie in our bottle, a little emergency credit card. I need something, God. I'll come to you and ask you for it till then. Just stay out of my life. And we forgot He's the holy God of heaven. Listen to me carefully. It's easy to get there. If we really glorify Him, if we really aren't distorting Him, wouldn't we be spending some time with Him? If He's really, if we really love Him like we claim we love Him, wouldn't we be loving on Him? Wouldn't we want Him to talk to us through His Word? Wouldn't we talk to Him through through prayers and, and asking, but not just for the, the little messes we get us in, fix this, and then I'll forget about you, God, till I get in another mess. I'm talking about every single day for everything. Every relationship's two sides. We treat God like He's, again, a genie in the bottle. His job is to meet us, uh, give us everything we want. Every time we're in a bind, Lord, answer it, answer it. Thank God He's a God who often does. Isn't that wonderful? But we got a side on this. Our side is He created us to worship and glorify Him. Are you worshiping and glorifying Him? If you're not, then you have distorted the image of God. We've done the same thing the text has done. 
And we, and we as individuals do that, guess what? Then we as groups end up doing it. Then we as countries end up doing Hello, that's where we're sitting today. You say, I'm not all the way down where we're heading. I know where you're heading, preacher. Yeah, you're maybe not there, but if you're on step two, you're almost there. Let me ask you a question. Have you devalued God in your life? That's sin number one. When you start to devalue Him, I can tell you the next step is we start to distort Him. We just start making Him into, oh, God loves everybody. Thank God God is love and He does love everybody. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He does love you and He loves you with an everlasting love. Thank God. But listen, He called us then to love Him. Are you loving on Him back? It's a dual relationship. Are you distorting that relationship? It's all one way. We often quote partial verses like Psalm 37, verse 4. Hey, but God will give you the desires of your heart. But we forget the first part of that verse that says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Listen, hey, He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's the truth, but you've got to be delighting. And I can't delight when I've distorted Him and I've devalued Him in my life. That's where we get to. We make God into a sugar daddy. And for God, He's a daddy, yes. I have a father, praise God. But he's a father who deserves love and respect and glory and worship. We've distorted God. Let me ask you, what's your view of God this morning? How do you see God? Do you see him as one who deserves your worship? Or do you see him as somebody just he that's here just to give you your wishes? Step two, listen, of the decay that happens in society. Step two of America's sin. Step two of the Roman sin we're reading about here. Step two of the, of the sins of every society that gets away from God is after they devalue Him, they start to distort Him. And then it gets worse. Look with me. What happened next? Look at verse 25. Eventually, after you've devalued Him, after you've distorted Him, don't miss this. Many Christians are those first two steps right now. Many professing Christians are at step one or two right now. Maybe you're at step one or two right now. Get it fixed because it won't be long before you'll get to step three. And you want to know what step three is? You'll flat deny him. That's what happened here. Read verse 25. The Bible says, Who changed the truth of God into a what? Lie. And worshiped and served the creature or the, the creation itself more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. The Roman Gentiles, they were, they were heavily influenced by the Greek culture around them and they had rejected absolute truth. And, and listen, after all, there is no absolute truth, right? <laughs> They'll tell you that in America today. Hey, they'll tell you, listen, there are, there's, there's no absolute truth and they're absolutely sure about it. And that's the silliest thing ever. <laughs> if people tell me that all the time, I, I run into folks and I'm witnessing, oh, you can't believe that. There is no such thing as absolute truth. And I always just like to throw that back. Are you absolutely sure about that? <laughs> They've exchanged the truth of God's word for a, what did it say? For a lie. Happened in Roman culture, happened in America. You wonder why it happened again in America? Because it started happening to individuals first. How about you? Let me ask you that. Have you allowed the world to convince you that God's word is not absolute truth? Have you started to, uh, like the penman, like, like the king over in, in Jeremiah 36, start to cut out the parts you didn't like and just, I'm going to focus on the ones I do like. And As a country, I'm telling you, we've rejected the truth of God. 
we got bright so-called intelligent college professors today teaching you, listen, you can't know that anything's absolutely true. And, and America's become so polytheistic, means many gods, that, 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 listen, we have a society that can't tolerate when somebody stands up and says, there's one way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by one. So let me just stand up and say this to you today. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father. Father, but by God. You don't want to know what that's going to be called. You mark it down. This is where our society, that will be called hate speech in a few years. What did I just do? They turned the Word of God into a what? They're flat denying the absolute truth of God's authority. We're there as a society. And you can be there as an individual sitting in a pew in church this morning when you start distorting him and devaluing him first. It ain't going to take long before you start to deny him. I mean, it's okay if I want to say he's a way or a, a truth, but to say he's the way, hey, you can't do that. How dare you say that anyone that believes in, a, in something different in a different way is going to hell? I didn't say, hey, I didn't write it. I just recited it. Listen, I'm not, I'm not the chef. I'm just the server. I'm just telling you what the Word of God said, and that's what it said. But they, can't re, they can't believe it. They can't, they can't grasp it. You want to know why? Because they've denied God. They've rejected it. They've changed the truth into a lie. But a country doesn't get there first until who gets there first? Individuals. And individuals don't get to the place where they deny God until they first devalue Him and then distort Him. So be careful if those first two things are happening in your life because it won't be long until you're at this stage. Let me ask you a question. What lies the world taught you that you believe over the Word of God? Many, many, many reject that the, the, that the world was created in six literal days. My Bible said the world was created in six literal days. Many rejected the truth that abortion is murder. My Bible says the shedding of innocent blood. Can I tell you what? Oh my goodness, we've shed a lot of innocent blood. I'm trying not to get political, but it's so amazing the ones that are so so against that. I'll leave that alone. We're going. <laughs> Many rejected the truth that homosexuality is wrong. As long as you just love, right? Love. No, the Bible didn't mean it when he said sodomy is an abomination to God. So we've done changed the truth of the Word of God into a lie. Their sentences, you can always tell the ones that have done this, their sentences will begin, well, I, well, I feel or I think, not thus saith the Lord anymore. I feel like I'm a, a woman in a man's body, and since I, I feel like that, then I should have the rights to go to a woman's bathroom. I should have the rights to play on a woman's sports team. That is where we are, folks. The Word of God says that God created them male and female. You see what they've done? We've changed the Word of God into a what? Lie. And in doing so, we've denied God. You said, I'd never deny God. Well, you will if you've been devaluing and distorting Him. You're really close to that next step. Are you with me so far? Man, make sure we're with you. You with me? Say amen. Bow a horn or something. <laughs> I feel like I want to be a millionaire. That's what I've been saying. That hadn't worked for me yet. Amen. I feel like there's nothing wrong fooling around. As long as I go home and take care of my family, right? I should not commit adultery. That's that's just a suggestion, not a commandment, I guess. That's what we've done. 
There's no absolute truth. Why not? Hey, I can get stone-faced drunk on July 4th. We're celebrating Independence Day. Let me get stone-faced drunk. I guess God didn't really say mean it when He said wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. Starting to step on toes on it. So are we gone? We're just denying His truth. Denying it. Getting further down the road. And on and on we go. Denied Him by rejecting absolute truth. We've denied Him by worshiping the creation or the creature more than the Creator. How many are doing that today? Murder of innocent babies. It's a woman's right to choose. Whatever happened to the baby's right? Shoot some animal today and they'll lock you up. But I tell you what, they're killing babies by the millions. Worshiping the creation more than the creator. Protect the environment, but let's kill the embryos. That's where we're living. Hug the tree, but let's not hug the Lord. Nothing wrong with being good stewards. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm not against that whatsoever. We should be good stewards. But when you begin to worship the things that are created more than the one who created them, listen, you have decayed to the place where you have not only devalued God and distorted God, you are now just flat denying God. And that's the steps of decay. Let me give you one more, and we'll get to the cure here in a minute. As it leads to this, you'll eventually just flat despise God. Boy, our country's there. We got headlines saying, when people say, listen, I'm praying for this situation. Prayer. They, they, they mock prayer now. What have they done? They just despise God. That's all they've done. Look at verse 28. The Bible says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, look what God's going to do. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which were not convenient. That word convenient in the King James means appropriate, fitting, things you're supposed to do. In other words, God just said, all right, go do your thing. I'll let you have your way. I'm done with you. And he gives us a list there, being filled with unrighteous, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of murder, full of envy, murder, de- debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding. They don't even have a clue now what they're doing. Covenant breakers without natural affection, implicable, unmerciful. And all because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. The Roman Gentiles in the context did not like to, they, they, they'd gotten away. They didn't want to have anything to do with God. Why? Because they devalued him. Then they distorted him. Then they denied him. Now they just flat despised him. And we're there again in this country. Listen, we had a country when the Ten Commandments of God that we read that our forefather, our fourth president said, that's what our whole country needs to be based off of, now has to be removed from our courthouse. We're in trouble. When when there's movements to remove it in God, we trust from our money. Listen, we are a society that now despises God. That's where we've gotten to. And we despise him. It says, he says he will give them over to a reprobate mind. You say, what's a reprobate mind, preacher? I hear that word a lot. Let me let me define that word for you. Here's what it means. It means it's a mind that is void of the ability to reason morally. A mind that is void of the ability, ability to reason. Huh. It's a reprobate mind that says it's okay to loot and steal and burn down, take over cities because... One person was wrongly murdered. He was wrongly murdered. Amen. But do you think that gives you the right to kill? Now Now they're up to about 14 deaths from all this stuff. 
14 people have died because of one wrong murder. How does that ever make anything right? It's a reprobate mind when you go in and you burn down the city you live in. <laughs> you say, how do they get to this place? Listen, you could get there. I could get there when we start first devaluing God. And then we distort Him. Eventually we'll deny Him. And I'm telling you what, we end up despising Him. Reprobate mind. And by the way, it's not about what the, uh, I'm going to get off politics here, but it's not about what they make it about. I love to tell you this. It's all that we got to take the guns away from people. We, we, we're for our open borders. Everybody should come. Listen, the first time that crew allowed, was allowed a little bit of autonomy. They took over about six city blocks in the city of Seattle. I want you to know what they did the very first thing. They put up walls and they put people, they are 15s at those walls. It isn't the guns they're against. It's not the walls they're against. It's a bunch of, that's a bunch of garbage. Here's what the problem is. The problem is they got a heart problem. The problem is they have dis- devalued God and destroyed God so long that now they flat deny him and now they listen they have despised him I want you to see how far down this process our country as a whole has gotten see the issues again aren't what you hear all the time that they think they are it's not about walls it's they're against the worship of one true living God they're against truth absolute truth Everything needs to be relative. It's whatever they think or feel at, at a given moment. It's really, here's what it is. You can call it what you want and all these other symptoms, but at the end of the day, it is them absolutely despising and denying God. That's how we got here. And it started by first devaluing and distorting. Don't miss where I started. Didn't get here overnight. As Barney said, hey, the great theologian Barney, said listen if you found some area in your life where you start to devalue God mm, can we just can we all just get honest real quick how many of you say I'm guilty of that there's a lot of times I devalue God in my life so I would never deny God I would never despise God well you're step one on your way there Country didn't get there until individuals first got there. And yeah, we're a remnant that believes in God today, and I'm thankful you're here and listening and watching wherever you are. But I will tell you, it's possible for you and I to get there too when we start at step one. If you find that's it, then like Barney said, it's time to nip it in the bud. Amen. And grab it before we go down that road. So what's the solution? Hey, we start it right. Then we saw America's sin. What's the cure? What's the solution? It's simply this. Repent. <laughs> Return to God. He said, that's it, preacher. That's it. But to repent means I'm literally going to change my mind. I'm going to side against myself. I'm going to say, God, I am guilty of that. God, I put other things in my life above you. God, I haven't spent any time with you, but then I expect you to hit, meet every one of my wishes, and I expect you to always be there for me, and I haven't given you one iota of glory or praise or thankfulness or, or, or worship or love in, in who knows how long. But God, I expect you to be there for me. We've started. We've devalued him. Started distorting him. If we find ourselves there, can I tell you, here's what you ought to do this morning. Here's what I ought to do this morning. We've got to spend a little bit of time saying, God, forgive me. I, I see this stuff, and I I post stuff on Facebook because I'm so mad at what's going on in our country. I'm so fired up about it. Hey, quit looking at them. Start looking at you. 
We know why they're there. The Bible tells us why they're there. But listen, the hope isn't there. The hope is here. <laughs> the hope's in God's people getting back right with God and, and going out, listen, calling upon His name and, and asking for forgiveness and saying, God, start with me. Let me be a light bearer. Let me be one change agent. But I can't do that when I'm starting to devalue and distort Him in my own life. I'm already a step or two towards where society is. Solution's pretty simple. Here's a solution to just about every problem in life. You want this? I give it to you. If I'm hitting this way, and this way is the wrong way, are you ready? It's deep, deep theology this morning. Are you ready for this? If this is the wrong way, and I'm heading this way. Here's the solution. Turn around and go this way. By the way, more important, you got to be careful with this too. Make sure you turn around to God's way. Because, see, I can turn around from here to here and just get on another branch of messed upness. See, when you're talking about repentance, it's a return, a change of mind back unto God. It's where I quit devaluing him. I start saying, God, you are holy. Like Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter 6, Lord, when, when he got a glimpse of you in heaven, he said, woe is me. He said, for holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which he is and was and is to come. He, he, he saw you for how you are. Help us, God, today in this church, in this place, and whoever's listening, to start valuing you again, glorifying you, praising you, worshiping you, seeing you as the God that you are. Instead of the God we have made you to be. That's America's sin, step one. It's our sin, step one. And then, Lord, if I start doing that, listen, the rest of the stuff will go away. And then when the world starts to see how much I value God because they hear what I say and they watch what I do and they see it in my life, they hear it from my lips, I'm going to tell you what, it ain't going to take long before you're going to make some influence on people. And we start influencing people to, to value God. They start valuing God. They give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? That'll fix society really quick. If everybody left this place today and left, and this week led one person to the Lord. Just one person to the Lord. I don't know how many is here. They say there's a hundred here. I don't know how many is here. Maybe not even a hundred. But if we all led one person to the Lord, guess what? Next week there will be 200 people that the Lord can now speak to through His Spirit. That's how we change society. It's not arguing for us and all that. Listen, they are what they are because God told us that's exactly how every society collapses. We got the answer. But it always starts not with them. We never, you listen, you, we're so guilty of seeing everybody else's problems. I can't believe that. I can't blah, blah, blah. He did this. He did this. He did this. Blah, 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 blah. Starts here. Starts in this preacher's heart. Starts in your heart. Say, God. Is there somewhere in my life where I've started to devalue? Where I've started to distort you? Because, Lord, I never want to get to the place in my life where I deny you and I despise you. That's where our society is. That's the steps of decay that we go down. That's the deception that we follow. And I'm asking you this morning, Victor Way Baptist Church, I'm asking you people listening uh, on, on, on the internet, and I'm asking you in the parking lot today, say, let's start valuing God again for the God that He is. That's America's solution.
It isn't who you vote for. At the ballot box, it's who you vote for in your heart. Are you voting for God in your heart? Are you glorifying God? Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the Word of God. And thank you again, Lord, for this this country that was founded and started right. God, we've gotten off track. And our country's gotten off track because individuals have gotten off track. Lord, we've, we've gotten away from you. Lord, we've gone down this progression that every society, any histo- anybody who loves history can study every downfall of every society has gone through the same progression. Lord, and it always, it's never the issues that folks talk about. It always starts with the view of God. When we start devaluing you, Lord, when we start distorting you, it's not long before we're going to deny and even despise you. That's where our country is as a majority maybe today. I don't know if it's a majority. Some people are quiet. I get that. But a lot of our country's there. But Lord, we got the answer. And the solution starts right here in our individual hearts. As we ask, as, as David did, Lord, search my heart, try my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way inside. Lord, is there any area in my life where I've started to distort you? Some area in my life where I've started to devalue you? Lord, start with me. Let me be the change agent for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd stand with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room. Let me just ask you this question. How many of you believe God can restore our country? How many of you believe God can? Amen. How many believe it's going to start with Christians? It's got to start with us. It's not the White House. It's the church house that's going to do it. It's not us browbeating them. It's us demonstrating through our lives, our words, and our actions that we value a holy God. If I talk to you, your coworkers, your family members, the people around you, people know you closest, would they say you value God? In the things you talk about, would they say you they value God? You value God in the things that you do. What would be their response? Nobody in this room would ever say I deny Him or despise Him. But if we started devaluing, we're on our way. If I talk to somebody, would I would they say you got a distortion of God? You think God's just there for you only, and you forget that hey, we were created for Him to worship and to adore and to glorify Him. It's a two-way street. If that's you this morning, here's what I'm asking you to do. You can do it right there in your seat. You can do it this offer. Say, Lord, start with me. Create a clean heart in me today, Lord. I, you say, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. I am the solution to this world's problems. Lord, let it start with me. As she plays softly this morning, if that's you, why don't you come this morning? If it's been a long time since you spent some time with God at an altar, why don't you come this morning? Say, Lord, start with me.
I'm guilty of valuing everything else more than I value you. Lord, I'm guilty of making you into a sugar stick God instead of a holy Savior God. Lord, I've forgotten to delight in you so I could receive the promises that you give me my heart's desires. Lord, I've been distorting even Scripture. I've forgotten I got a part in this. I've forgotten that you created me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I've forgotten that thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive all glory and honor and praise. I've forgotten that I was created for you, not you for me. Lord, I admit that today. Let me be a change agent. Forgive me for that sin today. Let me be an agent to help change society. One heart. One life. At a time. Thank you for being willing to use old broken vessels like us, Lord. that in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. I ask if you're here and you have never had a time and a place where you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He sure does love you. He loved you so much He came to die for you to take your sins upon His body on that tree. He died for you, was buried, he rose again. And my Bible says that if you would change your mind, if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, while you believe that in your heart, then thou shalt be saved. He would save you this morning. If you've never had a time and a place where you've been saved by the grace of God, if you've been relying on a bunch of works or something you've done instead of what Jesus did, why don't you call upon his name today? Say, Lord, be merciful on me, a sinner. Save me, Lord. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his death. I believe in his resurrection. And I believe he did it for me. You call out to the Lord something like that from your heart, and I promise you this morning, on the authority of the word of God, he'll save your soul. Isn't that good news this morning? Dear Christians, don't ever forget your start. Your start happened the day you got saved. When he took all those sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west, as deep as the depths of the ocean. Thank God for that. But just like a society, even as Christians, we can be guilty of starting to devalue him, distort him. And the text said, when those who knew God even get to the place where we deny him, and despise him. God help it not be us. Help us change society one heart at a time. In Jesus' name.
Alrighty, if everyone would please join in and sing. All hail the power of Jesus' name as we close this morning the first verse. Thank you, you are dismissed.